Welcome to the Wasting Time Podcast. We are on episode 60. Episode 60, Chris. The six zero. Is that a landmark episode? I think so. Yeah. Doesn't feel as big as 50, but it's it's something. Yeah, let's try to get to 100 and then we can maybe throw a party and invite three three people. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. How's it going, man? You all right? Yeah, it's going all right. It's going all right. How's things with you? I've got the week off work, so that's nice. Um, hoping to move house at the end of April, so using Fingers my time off to, yeah, using the time to just try and get a bit organised, do some clear outs. What about you? Been up too much? You know, you and I have been busy doing podcast stuff, so that's been cool. Yeah, done a quite had quite a busy busy run of it recently. Um, yeah, busy, yeah. There's a bit of a busy run coming up as well. Yeah, yeah, we've got, got a few guests lined up, which is always a good thing. Ideal scenario when trying to move house. <laughs> yeah, nice timing for you. Let's let's hope like broadband providers doing home moves do, doesn't you know don't let us down. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Although your bro- your bro- your broadband providers letting you down at the moment, right? Yeah, massively. Yeah, uh, I'm, obviously I won't go into that because it'd be a boring story. But uh, yeah, we had no broadband over the weekend and all into Monday, and that's when we we were recording this episode on the interview for this on Monday night and. <laughs> We'd, we'd had it put for a while and then my internet wasn't working. I was working off my partner's hotspot and I was like, oh, is it going to last for this? But it came back on. So it was all good. You said you weren't going to get into it because it was I know. I realised that as I was saying it. So apologies. And you do realise I, te- I work in telecoms as well. So actually it's not that boring at all. It's, it's quite <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, say, we'll save the details of that for when we're off air. Um, let's keep things music based. Do you, okay. Anything caught your ear recently? Not really. No, I'm going to be honest. I did see All Time Logo recently releasing a new song tonight. I've heard a little snippet of that. Oh, it's it's, it's out already at time at time of recording. Yeah, I listened to it on my run. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was cool. Very yeah. um, very pop, but that's what you expect from All Time Logo these days. Yeah, um, and obviously I checked out um, the Main's new song, um, which was released. Uh, on the 19th, on the 19th that came out, yeah. Yeah, so I checked that out, obviously, our guest today. Um, yeah, it's a cool song. Looking forward to hearing the the, the record coming out in July. July 9th, I think it is, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, more about that coming up shortly on this podcast. Yeah, the the, the one song that, that um, impressed me and I was surprised was that... Um, Magnolia Park song. Did you listen to that? Oh, okay. No, I haven't got into it yet. Are they they put together like a full length or? Uh, it's like six songs, so it's like okay. a, a long EP. But I think they, because um, obviously they had a song with Kellen Quinn, which they used the platform where you can pay to have features on, and they look yeah. like they've done they've done that for a couple of their songs, and they've they've got um, the broadside singer on this one, and they uh, presumably using the same platform. I, I think it's a great pop song. I've listened to it so many times the last couple of days. I'm I'm really curious to see what you think of it. So you you have to okay. let me know on our next show. Okay. They must be spending a lot of money at the moment on these um, guest guest singers that they're bringing in. Is that how it yeah. works? You just you just pay pay for them up front. Was it yeah, like I a don't fund know. Me kind of situation. Well, we'll be able. To, we've got Oliver from Broadside on our show soon, so we'll be able to ask what it's like on the other side of that um, right. of that platform. I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. 
And it looks like they're putting a lot of money into their van because they've got it's got another fancy video with it and everything. So right, they're clear, clearly. Okay. You know, and what's what's things. what's the what's the like the site or platform they use to get I these artists in? I think it was called Feature X. Feature X, I think. Feature X. Yeah, Google that and tell me if that's looks like it. Online book and pl- platform for that's song it. features. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, it's an interesting tactic. Like if you're an up and coming band, like to mm. ju- you know try and because it's got some big names on features, features X just, or whatever yeah. it's called. I'm just having a look. If you can get the, the big name to agree to come on your track by paying them and then and sharing it, it's a good way of getting your name out there, I suppose. If you're serious about making your band get somewhere. Scrolling through the list here and seeing uh, seeing who the first person is, I recognise. I haven't found any any yet. I've seen Kellen Quinn's face. Oh uh, yeah. I'm I'm more keen to see like what the actual terms and costs are. I'm not yeah, sure if you can actually yeah, uh, I'm ju- I'm not, just looking myself now and I can see there's there's so many people. I've just hit on vocalists and just on the A's there's so many people on there. Even the drummer from Sleeping with Science is on here. Oh is he? Oh, hit the lights, Nick Thompson. There you go. You can book him. <laughs> how much? How much do you reckon he is? He's got the prices and everything. Okay, let's. Um, or okay. How much? Come on, let's have a guess. Nick Thompson right. from Hit the Lights. What's, well, what, I've, what's I've just guess? seen how much Kellen Quinn is, and I think the bloke from Magnolia Park when he was on our show actually told us this because the figure sounds right. So based on that, I'm going to make a guess for Nick from Hit the Lights. I reckon he's going to be about two hundred dollars. Ooh, not far off. So it's three hundred dollars without writing, and four hundred dollars with writing. Oh, okay. Ke- Ke- Kellen's eight hundred dollars. Drummers, guitarists, vocalists. Bit weird to like get a guest drummer on. I suppose, like you say, it's, it's just because you haven't got their vocals. Actually, it's just good PR, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's um, just it's it's because that's really popular in music now. To you know, with the track name right. featuring, you know, the amount yeah. of people that get to say featuring Travis Barker now. You know, it's I guess it's like a small level of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're paying for the PR as much as you are the like the like the of workmanship course. and the art, the art. You know, the artistry. Course, I yeah. guess really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Interesting interesting world that's like opened up though isn't it yeah um, and like i get it like if you're in it say like you're in a five-piece band and you know someone's on there for like 500 dollars to pay like 70 quid each it's kind of it's tempting i can see i can see it's the oh, worth of it brandon Sala, the a trio singer yeah. price available on request oh okay i wondered like Surely artists can, and singers, what if like they hate the song? Like they must surely, have the they must have the yeah they'll have the rights to turn it down. I should imagine. Yeah, because they must surely a lot of what comes through here are like terrible songs. Surely, yeah, from like just people with a bit too much money, like, and what rights? I guess. What what's the situation with rights over that music and what have you? Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't. Yeah, that'd be interesting to know. There's what? there's there's lots there's lots of questions, isn't there, from this? Anyway, shall we get into that to today's interview? Yeah, let's do it.
All right, so we had John O'Callaghan, singer of The Main, also has a side project called John the Ghost. The Main had been around for years, had a really successful career. So we were excited that he was able to give us some time and come on our show. Spoke to him earlier this week, and uh, here it is. I suppose, yeah, we could we could just get into it. Um, yeah, thanks again for giving us some of your time. And um, your, um, Chelsea from, from your your company reached out to us a little while ago and, and asked about having you on the show and like we just jumped at it because you know it's exciting booking for us obviously you've had a lot going on recently which we'll get into yeah I guess I guess I'll just ask firstly about so you, you just mentioned that you're you live in Phoenix like how's home life at the minute how's things with COVID that how are you at the minute yeah man uh well first off thanks for having me of course Phoenix right now is is well, you can hear my dog whining, but uh, it, it's not as hot as it normally is, which is crazy, which is why I'm donning the uh, the, the jacket. It's right. pretty windy today. <laughs> Sorry, my dog is... <laughs> Yo, you got to <laughs> no, chill out. It's all good. <laughs> Phoenix is... I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting living in... Um, I'm sure just... You live in a bubble, you know, wherever you are, you live in a bubble. And and I feel like, you know, fortunately, well, unfortunately, my parents got COVID months ago, but fortunately, they were okay. So okay. Um, I, I haven't known too many people to actually contract it and, and to be really, really uh, affected by it. Fortunately, you know, mm-hmm. um, I guess COVID in my world is... is um, it, it it's less abstract because it happened to people that I know. Um, okay. But like I said, fortunately, everybody's good, and and uh, yeah, we're just really excited about new music. Where were the Where were the main at then in terms of um, kind of when things grinded to a halt? Did you do you have much going on in terms of shows or anything? Like, what was the situation before it kind of got got cut off? It was kind of a trip because we were in Europe at the time, so we were in Europe at the end of february last year in 2020 we had just finished up like a month of shows and we were almost like a week in front of these covid cases that kept happening we were getting nervous because you know the more information started coming out the more we were like i don't know if we're gonna be able to get home so fortunately we got home we left probably it was almost like a year ago to the day probably like the beginning of March is when we finished that whole tour. We got back home and we we're like, Oh, you know, we're thinking, okay, we will be good because now that was the last record, you know, tour of the record of our last record. Um, yeah. We're like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get together. We'll make a new one. And then in a couple months we'll start gearing up to release it. And then of course, you know, that the, if anything, 2020 has, taught us it's that your plans don't really mean that much you know it's like you can plan all you want but then life happens and you gotta uh, you know adapt and adjust so yeah we we ended up getting together and making a record um and we quarantined together so that was the big thing is like we for the first time ever we were making a record in phoenix our our hometown and we had all these you know oh we're you know we're gonna be able to go home to our our, our homes every night to our significant others and, and it's going to be awesome and we ended up having to adapt and say hey we're going to spend two weeks at, at my place we kicked my wife out she let us take over our house 
Um, and then we lived in a house in Gilbert for 30 days and we, we made a record and, um, we just had to, you know, adjust. And, and so, so the record's been done for a minute and then we were figuring out how to put it out. And then we ended up getting yeah. it remixed a couple of times. And so, uh, the, the, the nice thing is that we had been home for the most time ever in the 14 years that we've been a band which is rad yeah. so but yeah we're all very very antsy to get out again <laughs> for sure we fortunately i don't know if you can here let me see if i can take off this uh background but i'm actually in um our studio that we ended up being able to buy uh nice. this past year yeah so we bought a house in phoenix and it just kind of was super harmonious. My friend's a real estate agent. He found this house that nobody wanted to buy because it had a recording studio in it. And we're like, well, our lease on our recording studio is coming up. So oh, it's like, perfect. we Ideal. had to scrounge some money together and we ended up buying a studio. So for all the negative that happened in 2020, we, we were very, very fortunate to, to have some positive come out of it, for sure. One other positive I saw you did in 2020. Did, you, got, you got married towards the end of the year. I right? did. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we had like a, we had planned, a, again, with the plans, but we planned a full big old bash that ended up yeah. getting getting squashed. So we ended up just doing what what I guess they started dubbing like a micro wedding. Um, right. which just means a very, a very small wedding. That's so we ended up getting married in October and, um, yeah, super, super happy. Whenever this does come up with guests, like two questions, I like to ask generic wedding questions, if I may. Yeah, sure. What was the first dance you guys had and what, and what food did you have for your wedding? So the first dance was to a song, uh, called I choose you by Willie Hutch. Uh, it was okay. a great, great, great song. And we kind of like, we dubbed that our song, you know, as, yeah. as corny couples do. Um, and then what we ate, we had stuffed mushrooms. I was on a, I've sort of fallen off the horse recently and I, right. I kind of started to eat meat again, but I was on, on a pretty strict uh, vegetarian, sometimes vegan vibe. So not everybody ate stuffed mushrooms, but I got the mushrooms. Cool. Well, I guess what we're, I mean, getting out, out of the COVID stuff, um, what we usually do with these things is kind of kind of go right back and go back to the start, I guess, really. So I guess tell us a little bit about kind of where you grew up, kind of your first, your first introduction to music and what you were kind of listening to and what influenced you when you were kind of younger. Yeah, man. Um well, I was born and raised here in Phoenix, which is kind of uh, an anomaly. It's kind of like a, it's really strange to meet somebody that was born and, and raised in Phoenix. Um, right. I don't know for what reason. I'm not sure. I think it's because it's too damn hot here. But uh, people like end up, you know, once they turn 18, they get the hell out. But I was, I don't know, big into sports in high school. Like I played a lot of baseball. And it probably wasn't until it was probably like middle school when I started to really get into um, like finding my own music. I remember being a lot on um, like MP3.com and then like other torrent sites, so like Kazaa and LimeWire. 
I would yeah, rip a lot of music. I was pretty <laughs> notorious. Um, I probably should. <laughs> the feds probably should have come to my house. Um, <laughs> it probably wasn't that crazy. I had older cousins that played the guitar. That sort of that that inspired me to want to play music. Um, they were like the cooler older cousins in bands and always into like whatever was was kind of cool at the time. Um, I remember like asking my mom if I could get a Rage Against Machine record. And then when she heard the lyrics, she's like, absolutely not. So then I would always listen to, you know, those kind of records with my cousins. My dad always had music playing at the house and not necessarily musical, but he's certainly like a, an avid listener. So I think that's where my desire for like new music comes from. I guess it wouldn't have been until I have friends that, that played in bands in, in middle school. And so I would go to live shows watching their, their stuff. I was always front row. And it wasn't until late, late high school and then my first year of college where I was like, hey, maybe I could be in a band. And it was not even, it was sort of like a fleeting thought. Yeah, I ended up getting kind of drunk at a college party and I, I told my manager who's has been my best friend since sixth grade, I was like, hey, your younger brother's in a band, right? And he's like, yeah, like, hey, I'd like to try out for their band. And then... You know, he blew it off as like, that, that you're just drunk. Hung over the next day, I ended up going and trying out. And um, When that first summer came around to go on tour, um, we kind of, we just decided we were going to do it. And nobody came to the shows and it was amazing. It was beautiful. And that was the main, was it? Fast forward, yeah, that was the main, yeah. Fast okay. forward 14 years and, and here we are. Wow. Yeah, putting out record number... I'm almost losing count at this point. Yeah, um, eight. Did, <laughs> it's eight is now. Wow. Yeah. Um, did 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 kind did Fearless kind of come on board like pretty early in that? Yeah. So to tour, like I said, nobody showed up, but it was like things were kind of picking up for us online. Um, MySpace was huge at the time, and we would spend a lot of hours every day talking to people you know, messaging, reaching out, yo, have you heard this song? Are, are you familiar with our band? Yada, yada. So we definitely put in the hours online. And I think that started to correlate with, you know, people finding out about us, starting to play our music, starting to share our music. And I think that was when we gained the, the attention of some independent labels. And Fearless was right. sort of like, you know, the, the one that when we met with all of them, it felt like they actually gave a shit like they actually cared and and they were familiar with our music and they were you know into the idea of wanting to like you know build a career and not just have sort of a flash in the pan kind of thing so it just felt and, and to be honest that that's what kind of convinced our parents to let us go drop out right. of, of school um yeah the fact that momentum kind of happened relatively quickly was like you know, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't just automatically like, Hey, you're playing in front of hundreds of people. It was like, no, but we're, we're building towards something. And, and, you know, we're all, you know, hopefully it's going to be a real thing. So when did, uh, I guess, when did you really start to feel, obviously you said you kind of were touring to empty rooms 
when did you kind of um, pick the momentum there after the kind of online presence had, had built up a little bit? Kind of in the same way that like we've just put put out music and and not really given people an opportunity to to not hear from us. Uh, we kind of did the same thing on the road, and we just we did a couple. I guess we really didn't do like a proper headliner until uh, a few years into our band, but we did. I, I would say like the big turning point or like the, the the moment that i was like holy crap like this might be for real uh we got to open on a tour tour <clears throat> excuse me called the soundtrack of my summer tour and that was with it was us opening metro station was two yeah. and then good charlotte was three and boys like girls were four and it was kind of like this culmination i had a feeling this would be the one that you would say yeah yeah metro station was like they had a huge i think their song was number one at the time um people were tripping about them good charlotte was like this timeless thing that was they they were coming back and they could play a full set of just smashed you know hits and then boys like girls was having a huge moment as well so we were sort of like just lucky to be tagging along you know not not to say that like people weren't digging us but it was like to be able to be on stage with all of them at once was really special and and it was definitely the moment that was like, wow, this could be for real. How, I mean, how did you get on that tour? I mean, was there a, just a, a random break? or I, To be honest, I can't pinpoint the exact moment. And I think in retrospect, you know, now having, doing, uh, having been doing headliners on our own, I think what ends up happening is... Um, you know, inevitably, there's something new, something fresh, a, a, a new band, a band, new sound that people want to be a part of to, to, to at least, you know, give a shot to. And, and I think that was just our big shot at the time. That was like the moment, you know, you don't get to go back and be like the rookie again, you know, and I think that that was like our our rookie moment. When you look back at like the sound that, that, that you guys had back then, how do you feel about that now? Are you, do you look back and are you super proud of it or are there bits that make you cringe or whatever? I only say that because like, you know, I listened to your voice over the years and I feel like the way you sing has changed a little bit. I don't know if that's fair to say. Sure. Cause like, yeah, yeah. You, you listen to that, uh, like the early EPs and that first record and, um, you know, not to, not that I'm saying you didn't sing well, but it sounds to me like it, you're singing very much like Kenny from the starting line or something. Whereas it, it sounds to me like over the years, you kind of found your own voice. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I think other, uh, other um, artists and other people sort of have a one up on me because this is my first band. And so this yeah. was, this has been my first opportunity to fail and succeed. Um, you know, both, both in the same kind of instance so I didn't have the experience before. I didn't have, like, you know, when we when we recorded our first song, that was my first time being in a in a recording studio, you know. And and these experiences that I've been so fortunate to have, they've all been first for me, you know. So playing my first show was like playing to somebody from Immortal Records, you know. And and that's both like uh, uh, something to be very proud of, but also something that's like. A, a heavy responsibility to you know for somebody that doesn't know what the the hell they're doing you know not to say i do now but I, i'm certainly more confident in the the 
the songwriter that I've become and, and the singer and, and the voice that I have, you know, I, I think um, as far as our music goes, I, I definitely struggled with wanting to shy away from it, like maybe in, in the middle stage of our band. And I, I think that's natural. I think you're always, you know, I'm, I wasn't ever embarrassed, but I was, I would never, I would have never played like, you know, hey, have you heard my band? here's our first record you know i would have always played whatever was the most recent because that's what you know usually i'm most proud of or excited about um right but i think coming full circle i think now uh, it's all been a part of this story it's all been a part of you know my journey and our journey as a band and i think much like and i've i've referenced it and compared it to a yearbook photo but it's like I don't know. If you look back at your yearbook photo from freshman year of high school, you're definitely not going to say like, oh, I wish I had that haircut again, or I wish I was right. wearing those ridiculous clothes. But that in that moment, in that instance, you know, in that period of time of your life, you were really into it. That's what you were doing. You were proud of who you were. You were excited about, you know, what you were wearing and what you were thinking and what you were saying and you believed in all of it and so i think to say that i don't you know i i have a, a an extreme fondness for who i was and who we were as a band yeah, I get what and, you're and saying. yeah yeah it's nothing to be ashamed of it's all part of you know what's brought me to this moment here with y'all today and and it's something cool. to i think be embraced and not to be you know shying away from cool i guess so just going back to um kind of those earlier years anyway i mean how long how long was it before um for, from going from you know opening and uh, opening on tours to actually getting your your kind of first headline tour and things kind of moving on to the to the next level yeah um we put on a tour and actually for the sake of fact checking i'm just gonna look it up um so I give you the exact right date, <laughs> yeah, but uh, we put on a tour called an, an Evening with the Main, and that would have been in, let's see, uh, wow, the internet is crazy. <laughs> uh, that would have been 2010. That was like our first proper headliner, and that okay. would have been like the moment that we were like, you know it's our show you know we can do whatever we want and that was that was sort of the beginning of 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 headlining yeah well and that would have coincided with, with the howard benson record with it was that kind of black and white uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. sorry and I, is that when kind of warner brothers kind of picked you up as well yeah so it's kind of a weird story um fearless was to our knowledge um about to sell and they were about to yeah. upstream their whole catalog yeah. to uh w you know we weren't actually getting the real facts it was just like oh we they might be selling to atlantic they might be selling to somebody you know because right. we weren't we, they weren't about to show their hand to us so it kind of put us in this position where where we sort of took the stance of like well we kind of have to choose our own fate here you know we want to go to where people want us, you know, we want to go to where people actually want to be invested in what we're doing. So basically what we did was we said, Hey, we got to go find somebody, some place that's going to actually enjoy our music. 
um, and not just carry it on like a tax write-off or something like that. So yeah, we went and did um, some some I guess or, or I guess labels did courting to us and Warner Brothers again, just like Fearless, you know, on our first record, Warner Brothers. I, I can vividly remember the meeting that we sat in. It was like a breakfast meeting, and the heads of every department were there and the the warner brothers offices are like you know super super ornate and rad and huge and that there's posters of green day and metallica and prints on the walls and you know it's hard to not fall in love with the idea of being on a major label so we ended up going and signing with warner brothers fearless ends up not they opt not to sell their company and so we kind of whatever we we could say we got screwed, but but it, you know again it led us to this point and um, yeah we did that that second record it was sort of a one off um, yeah because after that Howard Benson record everybody from Warner Brothers that we worked with pretty much got fired and there was a new head and new people of of every department so then when we were again left high and dry we kicked and screamed to get off the label and. We ended up succeeding in that, and that's when we kind of hit the independent DIY route. Is this and is that kind of the time that you formed eighty one twenty three and Yeah, that was kind of the 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 birth of eighty one twenty three records and and sort of leaning into the idea of well, it's clear that nobody is going to have our best interests other than ourselves. You know, the, you know, other yeah. than maybe our folks. Uh, and they didn't have a record label so so <laughs> okay, yeah, we were yeah, yeah. sort of forced into into creating our own so it was that was like yeah for all intents that was the start of it okay it's broadly like your management company and you've put on festivals and tours by it so it's kind of yeah it's kind of an all-inclusive thing it's, yeah. it's to be honest it's just like what any outlandish ideas that we have we can just put we can slap that label on it and it it it's like, oh, now we do this too. You know, for the <laughs> last record, we opened up um, like a an actual proper kind of like store, and we had all of our merch, and we had exclusive items, and it was an actual storefront. Um, it, it, it's just been, and what's crazy to me, again, this being my first band, is that eighty one twenty three was uh literally just uh the, the the street address of a, a parking garage that my buddies and I in high school used to go to and smoke right. cigarettes and you know talk shit and just like be be teenagers at fast forward and 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 see all these people with you know the numbers tattooed on their skin and and them forming their yeah, own sort of you know groups is is such a a, a wild something that I still can't fully comprehend and i probably won't ever if at all you know but certainly not while i'm still in the thick of it not while we're still like operating at at full steam um i'm sure like once i'm old and and well i guess older (laughs) (laughs) um and looking back on it all i'll be able to fully sort of appreciate it and and it's just a it's just a trip for sure I mean, it must be coming on for almost 10 years now then. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up having 8123 Fest, which was the festival that you had mentioned. And the first one that we did, it was 
um, sort of downtown Phoenix is, is starting to sort of have, or was, I guess, prior to the pandemic, was having this revival of live music. And there were brand new venues that were popping up, all run by the same people that were really rad and, and, and great spots to see music at. And, and they kind of scaled it so that they would have, um, you know, there's Valley Bar, which is like, I think, 250. And then there's uh, Crescent Ballroom, which might be around 700. And then they have the Van Buren now, which is, I think, about 2,000. So they have venues for all sorts of different size bands. We did the first festival with kind of in, in sort of in tandem with those people that run those venues. And right. um, the first one was, was a, a, a crazy success. Like, I think we had close to 3,000 people there from all over the world people from you know brazil to australia to everywhere in between um the second one was uh, even crazier we got to bring more bands and um bigger acts and and it, it i think doubled in size almost um and so we were actually gearing up to have the third one um and then obviously everything happened and, and we had to postpone so we're super, super excited for whatever's to come once, you know, the world starts making sense again. Obviously, I want to talk quite a lot about, you know, the, the, the stuff that's really current and recent that you've just done. But just before we get to that, you know, I'm not going to go through your whole career and stuff because we'll be here all night. But just a couple, <laughs> yeah. of questions for, a couple of questions before we get to the modern stuff, if, that, if, that, if that's cool with you, John. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, uh, this is of obvious interest to Nick and I, just uh, given that you've, you have toured the uk i feel like quite a few times so i'm just you know i want to ask about what your first experience to come to the uk was like and just what your relationship with the uk is like because I, I was just looking at your instagram the other day and you you were resharing that that monologue you had from like eight or nine years ago the, the said and done yeah yeah see like it was in the uk i couldn't i couldn't make out what town it was i forget somebody actually commented in it and was like hey that's my that's my hometown and I for now I'm completely going to blank on the, the name of it. Um, but the very first time we went over there, this was pre like pre iPhones, pre like these really smartphones. So, yeah. or it might've been, you know, it might've been the first generation of iPhone or whatever it was. I didn't have one sure. either way. Um, yeah, yeah. so I had to buy like a burner phone that I didn't even use. We didn't have like the, the ability to, we, we were going over there with We the Kings and The Academy Is. Um, okay. You know, we were super hyped because we were going to be on a bus. And I think that was our first time on a bus. Oh, okay. We got there and I think, I, I'm not exaggerating. I think we ate Subway at least 90% <laughs> of the time that we were there. We yeah. were all just like super, we, we didn't really leave the bus as far as like we, we would stick to the venue and maybe a coffee shop if we could see it. But we didn't have these things that now are like little computers yeah. and you can kind of just say, hey, like cool coffee place. And it goes like, oh yeah, it's right around the corner. You dumbass, like just go around the corner. <laughs> so we were definitely introverted and nervous and actually what's funny is my family came and and they spent time i think the first show was um at a at a club called club ifobach and and i what, forget what, what let me let me check it again with yeah, the the it. ability of being able to double check club ifobach 
Um, let's see. It's in Cardiff. So that was the oh, very okay. first show. And I remember getting off the bus and we're like bringing our stuff down a little alleyway. And my parents said like, oh yeah, we're, that's the show we'll meet you at. And again, I didn't have a phone. If I did, I didn't use it. There was no way of talking. So we're wheeling our stuff down this little cobblestone kind of road and in comes my family. And it was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And again, I think the, those were the moments that my parents and our parents were like, okay, they're doing like, they're being, they're in a real band. They're like actually right. touring and, and he's not just lying and like going to his friend's house, you know? Um, right. But I guess then, then, you know, fast forward to, I guess even this past year, this, the, the, you know, last February when we were there, it's like it, we got to a point then where we'd been so many times that things started to get stale and we started to get a little jaded and we we're, you know, the things that, then as a tourist ourselves for so many years, you know, yeah. we felt like we had seen everything or, okay. you know, we had seen the, the, the other things that tourists see. We'd been to whatever, but we had a different drummer because our drummer was expecting his first baby girl. And okay. we had a drummer um, that had never been overseas before. And right. to have that, like that, feeling again of somebody being like so in love with every day that they were waking up was a real huge breath of fresh air for for us and it Go made ahead. us okay. you know appreciate the fact that we were able to tour for people you know thousands of miles away from where we we are from and it, it was uh it was definitely like a great reminder of of how fortunate we actually are as a band um, yeah, it was really, really special. For I mean, sure. have you like developed a formula over the years in terms of touring? Obviously, I guess when you're younger, you just can go hard as you can, and I guess you hear yeah. a lot of bands just burning out, and and that's that's the end. Is is there anything you've changed? Um, like, how do you approach yeah, how much you for tour? sure? Um, I guess with with just being young and being able to to party every night and not yeah. feel it the next day that's certainly not the case anymore i like yeah. I, if i drink too much i'm feeling it for two days after at least two days yeah uh no, I <laughs> so so that's definitely changed i was listening to you say that on your podcast the other day yeah and i was i was related. yeah <laughs> i definitely can't go as hard which is a good thing because now uh, you know the my sort of like wild youth uh, has faded but i found somebody that i want to spend the rest of my life with so it's been this good yeah. sort of transition into finding whoever i'm going to be in this next chapter um you know that it, and now i found that out but then touring stopped so now <laughs> it'll be interesting once we go back out on tour um yeah for sure yeah, it's, it's definitely, a you know, it's, it's, it's a work in progress for sure. Uh, well, speaking of the next chapter, I guess, you know, let's, let's talk about some of this new stuff you've got coming out. Firstly, I just want to ask about, you did, you did that online concert on Saturday, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like um, just obviously want to know how that went. And then I get, because you, you, you went for like the, the free approach, didn't you, with, with fans having the option to, 
donate and like you know yeah not every artist does it like that was that something important to you that you wanted to put it out there for free because i was watching like the production of it earlier and like you know that could you know must have obviously you would have put some money into that setting it up yeah stuff. definitely it definitely wasn't free to to film right um, no, it didn't look it <laughs> but you know it, it's always been sort of our approach to be accessible in every facet i think of what we do um you know it's been important for us to go outside after shows and 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 say thanks for coming meet people yeah. and, and do you know just talk um because again this being sort of my first band it's never made sense to me why some artists treat themselves like something more than a human you know um so so do you guys care if i take my dog just let her no. out of the room yeah, for one second it. sorry she's yeah, gonna do, still do cry yeah sorry no no it's fine man my dog's snoring on the sofa right now surprised oh, you can't really? normally her. she would normally she would be but she she's either got to go to the bathroom or somebody got here um what was i saying sorry uh yeah so you're talking about the uh oh so you said you want to be accessible to fans and then you're talking about oh, true, seeing true. other artists who think they're more than a human stuff i was tempted to ask yeah you know who you've toured with over the years who would fall into that category but i feel oh, know, i don't want to put you on the spot yeah <laughs> the list would go on the list would go on and, on and it's not to say that we're uh it, it really just boils down to the idea that that we're we're human beings doing something very abnormal for for a profession um right i think you know well you you do hear stories about like i guess celebrity artists that take advantage of uh people's socioeconomic situations you know like it shouldn't it shouldn't be that rich people only get i, I guess that's the way the world sometimes works but Right. For our band, um, money shouldn't really factor into the idea of, of being able to listen to us. Uh, you know, if you can scrape together whatever, 10 bucks for a CD, then that's, you know, you, you get everything that somebody with 10 million bucks should be able to get in our, in our view. So sure. um, I guess with the free concert, we just also wanted to, to, to maybe rope in some people that we've lost along the way, you know, appeal to some people that might have fallen out of love with, with our band um, or just lost touch somewhere along the way. Um, so it was just a good, we felt like it was a good, uh, uh, like a good reintroduction for our band, you know, considering we hadn't, we had done a few live streams, but we hadn't done we, we hadn't put out new music in a minute. So it, it was sure. a good like, hey, we're back. You know, let's uh, let's let's hope that people watch. And it's for free, so you don't have to pay anything. So <laughs> do, you, do you kind of feel like a bit more pressure that if, you know, if you hit a note, a, a wrong note singing or someone hits a, a, a bum string or whatever, there's a bit more pressure because like, obviously people can notice it more than on a live show. But I'm talking to a yeah. professional who's been doing this for 14 years, so maybe the, this, yeah. <laughs> you ain't going to think about stuff like that. No, the thing is, is that um, it sh it should feel like it should feel live, you know? Um, yeah. But also, we're able to like we have nine different camera angles, and the experience feels different, you know? And and it's yeah. not just one shot straight on, and um, 
so we definitely exploited the idea that we have this luxury of like here's here's somebody up in the rafters you know getting a, a shot of overhead and but as far oh, yeah, as the performance it's like it's like I, I didn't drink before the show which is very strange you know it's right. like a sober set is and that's not i'm not i don't abuse alcohol but sure sure it definitely Just helps. loosens you up a bit yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. so to be sober was definitely like i was more probably in my head than i i should have been um but we hadn't you know we hadn't played a, a few of those songs in well you know we hadn't never played sticky before um mm -hmm. we hadn't played into your arms for several years so it's uh it was definitely like it was probably more nerve-wracking for us than it than than we should have let it get to us but i i i looked i, I watched it yesterday and yeah. i was i was happy with the the way that it all turned out and and lupe bustos who helped uh film and direct everything he he's and I actually texted with him. It, it, you know, it's crazy to kind of see how far he's come since Warp Tour in 2016, when he was just doing merch, assisting for Mayday Parade. And and we said, hey, we like the pictures that you take. You want to come out on tour with us? And we were just kind of just reminiscing about the idea that it, it, it's the same story as ours. You know, you you start out and you have no idea what you're doing, but you just keep trying and you keep giving it you know literally everything that you have and you know fortunately people um people are still listening and and we have people like lupe in our in our in our camp that are willing to go to the lengths that we go you know and yeah. willing to get into the weeds with us and and you know everybody at 8123 uh, you know chelsea and tim and everybody in between um it, th those are the people who help kind of perpetuate what we've got going it's cool it's like yeah you've got like a good little family around it obviously you, you mentioned sticky there which have, uh, at the time of recording this your brand new song came out a couple of days ago like how are you feeling about how's the reception been to that so far it's been rad i mean again we we all live in our own little bubbles so yeah. i haven't seen in my in my bubble online i haven't seen a ton of negative um which is really refreshing you know it, it feels good that that people aren't you know throwing tomato emojis at us uh right. so so it's 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 been great and uh, you know i think it's just really nice to have it off of our plate creatively you know like to get it out into the ether is like that's a really good feeling you know you yeah. have this thing that you've been holding on to and keeping secret for so long and and to get rid of it and and to let people decide is is you know even that is just a win and that feels really really great for us so and you yeah. and you've got the the full length coming out in a couple of months time yeah july 9th yeah yeah okay. was that always the plan or um yeah i mean yeah it probably would have been pushed back um just a little bit by by you know the state of the world but we knew that we didn't want to have the record come out in 2020 even if we even if covid hadn't been a thing we just felt like it was important to have more lead into it and, um this is definitely the longest i think that we've waited in between records but it was really important to have that time 
um, you know, I don't think we overthought things too much, but we definitely got things to a place where we felt arguably the most comfortable that we felt on the release of a record. You know, we having things move so quickly definitely impairs the ability to, you know, have music videos and have, you know, art look exactly like you want it and have merch and have everything ready. You know, yeah. you always feel like you're trying to like catch up to those things. And this is the first time we felt like we had it all, you know, ready to go. And, and it'll be interesting to see how it evolves from where, you know, it is right now and, and to where we, where it inevitably will go. So. And come July, I guess the hope is that, you know, the doors are open to venues again, potentially. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Have you got anything booked in or are you? Your, your guess is as good as mine, yeah. but, right. um, you know, over here, we're starting to see signs of, of, of um, light at the end of the tunnel. People are starting to get let into sporting events, you know, at smaller capacities, of yeah. course, but yeah. things like that. Movie theaters are open. Um, you know, it's, it's different state by state here, too, which is that'll be probably tricky, um, okay. especially when bands start going back out on tour. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's definitely there. They're, there's more optimism now than I feel like I've felt in, in, in a long time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, similar. Because I think, I think both our countries seem to be moving quite fast with the vaccines and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It gives one hope, doesn't it? For sure. Just, just jumping back very slightly, but only like a month. Obviously, another thing you've done recently is you've, you, you've um, I know you've put out stuff with your solo project, John the Ghost, before, but is this the first, this was the, well, I guess it's almost a full length, or is it eight or nine songs on it? You put out yeah, that yeah. record last month. You know, how how did John the Ghost kind of come about? Like, what made you want to, because obviously, as you say, you've been pretty consistent with the main putting out records, you know. Yeah, I guess the, the, the most glaring change and difference was time. I had an abundance of time for the first time in 14 years. Um, and I love, don't get me wrong. I love, um, being on the road and I love, uh, touring and, and, and playing shows, but I, I think I love the studio the most. Um, the studio has kind of become, you know, especially now having the space now it's yeah. become a, a, a place for me that, that feels like I'm like, at least trying to be better every day as, as you know, trying to, to put more into my craft and, and to songwriting. Um, so I had nothing but time. I had all of these demos because we were planning on making the mains record. Um, and yeah. I think the record only has, you know, John the ghost has nine songs. I think our record, uh, and I'm not a hundred percent. I think it has 10 or 11. Um, okay. Okay. So we, you know, I, I probably had like 30 some odd demos and some more thought out than others. Some just, you know, little bits here and there, but I knew I didn't want to waste them. And I knew the way things were going, I was going to have time, you know? Um, yeah. And, and the, the window was pretty small. Like you said, the, the record already, you know, it came and went kind of. You know, now my focus is on the main, but it was a, I guess if we're going micro wedding, it was like a micro cycle. It was a micro record cycle, but it was, it was fun, man. It was fun to be able to do things 
just on my own. I had my buddy Matt Keller, who actually engineered the mains record. He did. Yeah, he helped me your, produce main record. I saw that. Yeah. 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 So he helped me produce this, and it was literally just kind of like almost like ten days total. It was like, you know, we did pretty much the music. We we did pre-production and the music for every song. Uh, we, we we allotted like a day so for the first track you know we had a day we we fleshed out the the pre-production and then we recorded the instrumentation and then we moved on and it was song two on day two and so okay. just the process was really fun and it was fun to experiment with you know new approaches and and there there's definitely more of an electronic vibe that that kind of goes sure. goes throughout that differentiates from the EP that I did in 2016, right. um, which was definitely stripped back and, and more organic for lack of a better word, but it was done in my bedroom in, in my bedroom, which was a garage at the time. Um, they were really sad and slow acoustic driven songs. And these yeah. were kind of more in line with um, sort of where my pop, kind of sensibility was was taking me uh this past year and i thought it was pretty cool that you had um Dwayne on the track are you like yeah yeah old friends with him like how did that come about no so that was kind of um a testament to the age in which we live it was like pretty gnarly the way that it came together i wanted to um i knew for that track specifically for here gone i wanted to have a feature on it um yeah and i'm huge um like I, i'm a fan of all music all all, yeah. all types and um the track initially began as sort of an instrumentation uh sort of like an instrumental version of a hip-hop beat that i was just making and then i sort of i wrote the hook to it and i was like well maybe i could get away with just like putting it on my record and um i had left the third verse empty and I wanted somebody to rap on it. And um, we were just kind of thinking of like, you know, well, I know this person who knows this person. And it was like, that's maybe how we can get there. So we ended oh, okay. up, um, I reached out to him and we set up like a, a session over Zoom. And he initially just, I think through uh, the ways that management kind of communicates he was under the impression that we were writing a song for him. And then I was like, Hey, I got this song that like, I would love for you to be on. And it ended up that we wrote a song and then I, he agreed to do the, the, the third verse. So it was kind of just like, you know, we live in the day and age where you can connect with people in a, in a, in a moment's time and, and make relationships with people that you never would have been able to make, you know, by ways of, of, of the internet. So it's, uh, it was really rad. And I like, when I heard him send it back the first time, it was like, yeah, I don't know. I've never had that feeling where like you like write, you know, I've worked with other bands and other artists, but like I had always, um, I had always written the song with them, you know, and I, yeah. I had always yeah. like had at least an idea of where the melody was going to go. And, and this was the first time where it was just like, all right, yeah, I'm going to do something. And then he sent over and I was like, that was not what I was expecting, but in the, the coolest way possible. So it was a really cool feeling. Nice. 
And you and you've got a you you've started up a, po- a podcast as well recently as well. What's what's the stitch with that? It, yeah, no, that, that gets, <laughs> calling it a podcast is giving it too much credit. It's uh, I don't know what it is. It's me just rambling in my room, and then really, it's just a way to for for me to push music that I find on a on, on anyone willing to listen. Um, so it's it's been fun to be honest. It's been fun just kind of. Uh, I haven't had a lot of time to, to find new artists. And I, that used to be like such a, an important part of, of the music process to me. It was like, you know, like, I guess, hearkening back to where we were talking about the beginnings of things and, and where my, you know, first love for music kind of derives from is from finding out about, you know, story of the year. And you feel like you're the only you're the only person in the world that knows story of the year, and so you you, you show all your friends, and then story of the year has a huge song. And now everybody loves them, and now you hate them. And now I got to go find somebody else. And now, you know, that's I have that like feverish kind of uh, urge again to like find new music, and and but this time I want to share it with everybody. I don't want I don't want to keep it all to you? myself. You know, cool. Yeah. So. Um... So as you said, the uh, the new album XOXO from Love and Anxiety in Real Time. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, out on the 9th of July. Single Sticky is already out to listen to now. What what can we expect from the rest of rest of the record? Well, I think if you're familiar with our band and you followed us for records, I think um, it's probably pretty safe to to guess that you, you don't really know what you're gonna get to a certain extent um right you know on you are okay the last record heavily um string forward we had strings and and it was very loud and in your face and you know the record before that was very uh moody and and still had a pop sensibility but um started from start to finish felt like a complete kind of unit of work and i i feel like we dipped a little back into that that sort of mode of thought and and that 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 way of thinking and and i really wanted it to be something that you could put on from track one to ten and feel like you were sort of along for some sort of story and and yeah the pop sensibility is there for sure it's uh but it, it definitely has its 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 moody moments and i think it lives up to to the actual title um so yeah it's so hard, you know, what's so hard is like trying to explain things that people haven't heard, yeah, you know, and right. trying to explain. It's like, hey, man, buy this car. It's really cool. I can try to explain what it looks like, but you just got to trust me. Like it drives well and it looks <laughs> cool and, and it, you know. Well, so, you don't want to give too much I'm, away either, really, you know. No, you know, that's uh, true. That's true. Presumably you've done this like eight times now with each record. I like, know, I know. build up to it, so. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's so hard. It's like, well, I want to tell you everything and I want to, yeah. you know, show you. The, I just want to give you the freaking record right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get a, a European run from the record at, at some point. No, that's... absolutely. I'm very hopeful for that. Yeah. yeah obviously we, we we covered most of the stuff we want to cover um we just kind of at the end just had like a couple of sort of random sort of generic 
um, quick fire questions. Random, you're not selling this these set of questions here. Random <laughs> generic question. Yeah, I know. I bet you just can't wait to take part in that. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like Nick. Unless there's anything no, you've left you out know, that you, you want know, to you cover, go with, you go um, with your quick fire questions. Yeah, we, we 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 can do that and then wrap this up, John. And if that's cool with you, lay it on me. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, but like we used to do this on all of our shows, and it kind of we've kind of stopped doing it a while ago. And I always enjoyed this part, so I'm just trying to bring it well, back. So yeah, we're sorry you're in experimentation here, John. Sorry. <laughs> no. If you let me know beforehand that we were doing it, then I would have come come a bit more prepared, Chris. Yeah, that probably would have helped. Um, <laughs> so you're so you're anyway. on your own here, I'm afraid, with these questions. Should really be okay. random. So first one is, what film could you watch over and over again? Like, what is your go-to comfort film that you can always watch? One that pops into my head immediately, if we're going quick fire, um, I could always watch Pulp Fiction for some reason. It's like a movie that no matter how many times it's on, yeah. I can always I can always watch it. That And that's not a feel-good film. Um, I guess if we're going feel good, I could probably watch I Love You, Man. Yeah, I, I think that movie is that, yeah, that movie yeah. can just go. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird one. Like, that's the, like the kind of one if I ever catch it on telly or whatever, I end up. It's like Paul Rudd at his best, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Like, it yeah. really is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've never seen Pulp Fiction. That's, that's, oh, wow. uh, yeah, I don't know what that's about. Um, or Big Lebowski. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, three yeah that would. Yeah, there's three. Yeah, there's that, three of them right there. That's a good shout. Yeah, that's. What I think. Me and, I think I've watched that at least twenty times with you, Chris, over the years. Yeah, back in the day. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? So, what would be your example? Like your meal-wise, food heaven and food hell. Uh, food heaven. I'm pretty. I'm a cheap date. If you give me uh, grilled cheese and tomato soup, I'm pretty much in heaven. <laughs> um i would say food hell uh considering i've been doing like a lot of the vegetarian vegan stuff um yeah th- like weird parts of animals uh or just like like animals i don't know i've been like i i, I was i wasn't as like uh oh that's cruel when i started the vegetarian thing and then as i started yeah. to progress i'm like now now i'm just if i see a burger i'm like that poor cow and i like see the face and i'm like oh shit man this is sad so um yeah, yeah. i'm gonna it's go been... with like yeah some i'm gonna go with some gnarly parts of animals yeah as a vegetarian i like that answer i have to say yeah yeah um, Vegetarian, Chris? Is, are we not vegan at the moment? What's, oh, what's oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick, Nick pulled me up on that. Like I kind of, I've tried to be vegan for about the last four years, and I was, I was doing uh-huh. all right for a while there. And now I've just kind of sort of settled back into vegetarianism. <laughs> yeah. I never know. I never yeah. can tell, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> last three ones, and this is all music based. So, I mean, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but. What would be contenders for your top three records of all time? Just personally, uh, I think Plans by Death Cab for Cuties in uh, top three. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. That's so hard. Yeah, I kind of put you on the um, spot a little bit there. Sorry about that. No, I love... I, I would say like top three bands. I could go with Rogue Wave is one. Okay. Um I love a band called The Districts. I think they're really, really rad, and they're happening right now. 
Um, oh, do I know them? Okay. And, and I, I would say Steely Dan is in my top okay. three bands. Yeah. Albums, I'm gonna have to get back to you on. I, that's okay. just, that's okay. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm no, I'm fair. already I'm having anxiety thinking about it. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that was unfair of me. That was unfair of me. All right, <laughs> L- last two. These hopefully be a bit easier. So, be- best live band that you've ever seen or or toured with or played with, outside um, of you guys, of course. Yeah, yeah, naturally. Um, <laughs> I would say. It, well, I have a couple of different answers for different reasons, but yeah, um, Steely Dan would be the best live performance I've ever seen, other than Tom Petty. And I got to see both like only nice. a year or so before Tom died, and and and, and same with with Steely Dan. So um, I would say some of the strongest bands we've toured with. I, I can kind of remember Dan Leis from a band called Augustana when we went on tour with yeah. them. He was probably the strongest vocalist I've ever been around on tour with. Um, he had this ability to kind of effortlessly make, you know, make it seem like he wasn't even really like trying to sing and he would change up melodies every night. And the command that he had uh, on his voice was kind of just like something to be really uh, in awe of. So that's, I guess that those are different. Augustana, when Dan Dan was was still doing it, and yeah. and yeah. Last one. So you're going on tour with the main, and you can take three artists on this tour, dead or alive. Who are they going to be? Um, Can't say Steely Dan. All right. Well, they're, they're excluded. <laughs> <laughs> We know you like Steely selfishly, Dan. Selfishly, I want to say. <laughs> selfishly, I want to say Neil Young's going to headline, um, because okay. I've never seen Neil Young, and, and he's one of my favorites. Um, uh, I'm going to say a band that we want to tour with is a band called Bad Sons. I think they're sick. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then I guess I can go selfishly again. Um, or actually, just for for the sake of of having some friends and familiarity on the tour, we've toured with Taking Back Sunday quite a few times, and they're always mm-hmm. an awesome hang and an incredible band. Um, so it's a tie between them and Good Charlotte. When we toured oh, with nice. Good Charlotte back in the day, it, it was like they have such a, a command of the crowd and such a way of of sort of putting on such an in, insane show. So. Yeah, it's very. Oh, that's an eclectic list for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, that would be an interesting one for sure. It's an interesting show. I'm not sure anybody would appreciate it other than me. So, <laughs> no, I'd buy a ticket for that tour definitely. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess we could probably uh, wrap this up now. If uh, if yeah, you unless you guys have anything. No, else? yeah. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, cool. John, thank you so much for giving us your time. It's been it's been really cool. And, sorry, uh, sorry about the the my dog. Uh, that's my bad. That's fine. Right. Right, don't be silly, man. Yeah, we didn't didn't even notice. Sorry about our technical hiccups at the start. No, no, no. <laughs> it's all good. Thank you guys okay, again, man. man. Yeah, look forward to hearing the record and hopefully, yeah, Absolutely. see see you over here. Hopefully, maybe this year at some point. I'm, no, I'm hoping too. Absolutely. Yeah, crossed as well. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. Can't wait for you to arrive